Welcome to Saving God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Here's a scripture there according to the adoption of the sons and daughters of God. The adoption. Some believe that we will become the Spirit of God, that we will be not only partakers of His divine nature, we will be the divine nature. But how close is it? Now we know in Revelation 3.21 that Jesus stated, Him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Now that is a place that he has prepared for us, just as he said he would do in John 14. And let not your heart be offended. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my Father's house many mansions. We're not so, but I told you I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know. We're going to be partakers of his glory and of the divine nature of God simply through these precious promises given to us, through obedience. Obedience is required. We see in Second Peter, it states there that through these uh, uh, exceedingly great and precious promises given to us, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature and escape the corruption of the world through lust. Protectors of his divine nature is called adoption. And the main reason is simply because we're not the spirit of God that took on flesh. First and foremost, Jesus is that spirit. He always has been that spirit, will always be that spirit. He is not a man that took on the spirit of God through obedience. That would make him and son of God through obedience, which would be through adoption or adoptionism. The doctrine of adoptionism, that Jesus was adopted as son of God through the obedience and the things which he suffered, negates that he is first and foremost the spirit of God, that he is the father of glory, that he is Jehovah Lord God, Elohim. He is that spirit. All things are made by him for him and for his good pleasure. We see that Jesus is the word. And God said, let there be light. And God said, well, the spirit of God is the father and the administrative office of the spirit. But the word is the the logos, which is the expression office of the spirit of God, the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. But it's still the same spirit. The Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost, these three are one, 1 John 5, 7. Not a different spirit. When we talk about adoption, what will we be? As it says, as Jesus stated in Revelation 3, 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Sit, positional. S-I-T, as you sit in a position. I prepare a place for you. Just as Jesus said and stated he would. Well, if we overcome through obedience, growing up in him and all things, then as an overcomer, he will grant us to sit down with him in his throne. Where did you go, Jesus? Will we be like Jesus? Will we be, will be uh, the spirit of God? Will we actually come to the place that we are transcended into the spirit of God? And the answer is no. We will always be obedient that wherever the spirit and the lamb goes, that we'll follow him whithersoever he goes. It requires obedience. As many as obey the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Obedience is required. Revelation is required. And that on our part that we must believe on the name of the son of God. When we see in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, that's Jesus. The self-existent, eternal Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, is one and the same, God. And all things were made by Him. Without Him was anything made that was made. We see that in Colossians 1, 26, 27. Jesus created all things, thrones, principalities, powers, Things visible, invisible, all things were created by him. Jesus. He is that spirit. 
He's always been that spirit. Now he is that father of glory. He is the word. He is the Holy Ghost. But when mankind fell by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift is of one. God had to have a man for redemption, to redeem us that were under the law. Well, he looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. We find in Isaiah uh, 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5, that God said, Though I looked for a man, I could find none. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation to myself. God prepared himself a body of flesh and blood. In the volume of the book, it's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me, the Spirit. And throughout the Word of God, Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is that Spirit. And Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's Jesus Christ. How did he do it? By his word. And God said, there's the word of God. Same spirit, not a different. God junior or spirit junior, there is no such thing. And therefore, God is rendering judgments in the earth right now, presently, currently, to have all the body of Christ that are sincerely seeking him to come to the real Jesus. Come and let us return to the Lord. So we will be adopted sons and daughters through obedience. It's through faith that we are the children of God. When we see that, and he came to his own in John 1, his own received him not, but to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, which are born not of the will of flesh, nor blood, nor of the will of man, but of the Spirit. When we see that in John 1, it states there, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, to believe on his name is a requirement, which are born, not of blood, nor the will of God, nor the will of man, but of God. You have to believe on the name. As many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. What does it mean to believe on his name? Was that a requirement? Of course it is. What's the name of the Son of God? Jesus. G, Jehovah. Sus is salvation. As a Hebrew origin, Jehovah's salvation. Jesus. Jesus in the Greek, that is uh, Jesus, the Messiah, that is Yeshua, Hamashiach, which is the name God Almighty, our Savior. God, my God, has become my Savior. Not my God, Junior. Not my Spirit, Junior. Not a second person of the Godhead. God himself is the Spirit of God manifest in flesh. That's a mystery of godliness. It's a mystery that's been hid from the world that the world cannot receive because the God, uh, gods of this world have blinded them, that they would not receive the truth. God was manifest in the flesh. That's 1 Timothy 3.16. God is and always has been that spirit. The Son of God is the spirit revealed. The only revealed name of God is is through the Son of God. He hath declared him. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. There's not another. Well, what's this according to us, the, the, the ones of adoption, the adopted sons of God? Well, by nature, we're not that spirit. We're not spirit and always have been spirit that some sooner or later came down manifest in the flesh. We are born of the Spirit of God, and we must be born again. Therefore, by nature, we're not that spirit. Jesus did not have to be born again. Why? Because by nature, 
He is God. Always has been God. He is God manifest in the flesh. How did in the days of his flesh, somebody said he had to pray to the Father. Yes, he did. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. That's simply because the law had to be fulfilled. And that law was given that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. Without the law, sin is not imputed where there is no law. So, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. That's the Word, and not God Jr., not Spirit Jr., God himself, the Lord, Christ. He sent forth that Son, which is Christ, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. Galatians 4, verse 4 through 6 to redeem us under the law. And now he has sent forth the spirit of his son. That son is capitalized because he's dead. He is God and there's only one. He has sent that spirit of the son of God, which is the spirit of God. There's only one spirit into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of the son is the spirit of the father and Abba, Father, Daddy of a very close endearment. Does that mean that we're spirit? No, we're partakers of the spirit. And that can be a gross error, for God will share his glory with no one. Yet, those that are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we see in 1 John 3, now, beloved, what manner of love that God has now bestowed upon us that we should now be called the sons of God, but it doth not yet appear what we shall be. For we know when we see him, we shall be as he is. Now, Jesus, the man in Revelation 3.21, he said those that overcome through obedience, through faith, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I prepare a place for you. It's at the right hand of God. But where did you go, Jesus? even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, S-E-T, a state of glory forever settled in heaven, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. Why? Because he is that spirit. He didn't make us God. He made us sons and daughters of God. How? through faith and obedience, unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's through faith that we receive these promises, these exceedingly great and precious promises, whereby we're partakers, made partakers of his divine nature. We're partakers of it, but we're not that divine nature. We have to, through obedience, through faith, overcoming, overcoming in all things and all truth to be partakers of his divine nature. We, by nature, were enemies of the cross, excommunicated from the fellow citizens of the commonwealth of Israel. But through repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, we're baptized into that family, baptized into his death, and thereby then become born of the Spirit. Baptism is for the remission of the sins. That the heart is circumcised, though we believe, so we can believe in the heart, in the spirit. And that the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Taking on his names, many have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, and then received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the water and spirit. But then it requires obedience. As many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, whosoever we yield are members of servants to obey him with the servants to whom we obey, whether of obedience unto righteousness, and they're becoming adopted sons of God through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. It requires obedience. When we see in Romans 8, and if we read there, 
Now, we have to know that even those that believe on his name, believing on the name of Jesus, that he is Jehovah. We do not believe he's Jehovah. Then we're not and cannot be born of the Spirit of God because a requirement there is even those that believe on his name, the Son of God. That is Jesus, Jehovah's salvation. We must believe the Son of God is the Father revealed. That is a requisite, John 1, 12. Now, it also is obedience. We see that in Romans 8. When we see, and I'm reading there, and uh, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We go on. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. We receive that spirit of God, not the spirit of bondage. But you have received the spirit of adoption. What does that mean? It means that through filiation, through being a the parental, Jesus being your father, he's your elder brother, but he's your father. And that makes us, us sons of God. And that adoption is uh, through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive it through baptism, being baptized uh, into the family of God. That does not make us spirit. Notice the sons of God there that we become is a small case S and still requires obedience as servants unto the Lord Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, the Father of glory, Jesus Christ. It's not that we become God and there we're equal with the Spirit. We're equal with Jesus in the days of his flesh, and that's very important. Now we know that we are now called the sons of God and doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when we see him, when we see him, we see this, the nail prints in his hand, long and a spear in his side, that God manifest in the flesh and glorified, got himself a body. And now we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh in order to bring many sons into glory. And that's all according to predestination. For whom he did foreknow the foreknowledge of God, that he did predestinate us to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Now we know many called, few chosen. And those that he called, them he justified. Justifications by faith. There's faith that enters into the adoption of the sons of God. And then justification by faith, and then ultimately glorification, our final step in glory. Our vile body fashioned likened to his glorious body, not spirit, or his glorious body. That is where he set it at the right hand of God, not for him, but for us. I prepare a place for you, not for me. He's always been God and always will be God, the Spirit. But I prepare a place for you. Therefore, he that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne that's at the right hand of God that he then through the death, burial, and resurrection sit at the right hand of God for us, not for him, for us. And that is the work of Jesus Christ for our redemption, to redeem us of our under the law, we see in Ephesians 1 that Jesus, being set at the right hand of God, is for toward usward, the body of Christ, not for him, for us, so that he could bring many sons and daughters unto glory. Therefore, set at the right hand of God, S-I-T, positional, is the body of Christ that overcome under obedience, under righteousness, under holiness. We have, through that obedience, justification and glorification set at the right hand of God what he did to, toward us, the body. 
where Jesus overcame and then sat down with the Father in his throne, being glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5, Revelation 3, 21. And we see that he is both Lord and Christ, that man, Christ Jesus, Acts 2, 36, the same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ, the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that same Jesus, that last Adam, God had made him, he's been made a what? Quickening spirit, not a spiritual man, spirit. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. We're not that spirit. We're partakers of it through obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, but we are not that spirit. And that is critical because God will share his glory with no one. And that's what the Antichrist will say. I was set in the temple of God, showing myself that he's God. That's what the Antichrist says. He wants to be deity. He thinks he is. And he's not, but he will be thrown down. He will know that his days that are few, the devil coming down, being thrown out of heaven, coming down to the earth, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time, three and a half years, 42 months, a time, times dividing of a time, a thousand, two hundred, three score days. That'll be the end, and he will be cast into the lake of fire. He knows that. We, however, that overcome, will have the right to the adoption, affiliation. We have a parent. We have a father, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the reason he calls us sons of God. And that is through the overcoming. And what is the adoption? Specifically, what is the adoption? Do we become the spirit of God? No, of course not. Yahweh share his glory with no one. He's God and there's not another. He knows not any. There's only one God and he is that spirit. We as the body of Christ, however, will be sons and daughters of God if we obey under righteousness, under holiness, and overcome to the end, we will be saved. Well, let's see what the adoption is, this filiation, this adoption of the sons and daughters of God. And he says, if children, the spirit itself, beareth witness with our spirit, human spirit, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, Join us with Christ, does that mean we become the Spirit of God? No. Join us with Christ, what he did for us in the flesh. And that is imperative that we see that. Join us with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him. So the Christ he's talking about is not Christ the Spirit. In the days of his flesh, he was the man, Christ Jesus. Being made our fellow servant, being one of us, the brethren, being uh, the uh, heir of promise, but made of no reputation to be one of us, our kinsman, redeemer, one of us. It's in Jesus' humiliation that we are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh and his glorification, he took that to the right hand of God for us, not for him, for us. That's it's very important to see. But he went on, even as he overcame and him set down, S-E-T, because he's always not S-I-T in a position. They haven't obtained it through obedience, no. But because of inheritance of who he is and always has been, the Spirit of God, he is S-E-T, a state settled of glory that he's always been God, always will be God. So therefore, even Jesus said, as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my father in his throne. Now beside it, that's where we are. The king priesthood through obedience under righteousness, under holiness that we have through his grace to be an overcomer and set there, S-I-T. But Jesus is S-E-T down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. He is the Father of glory, John 8.24. 24. 
except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. We see that he is a blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. We're not, but he is. So what's this term, adoption? Is it real? Is it something that uh, puts us in a lower state of glory than what we will obtain and become the Spirit of God? Absolutely not. It is a correct word in that we, through filiation and obedience, will attain to the resurrection and blessed and holy seed that part in the first resurrection on such a second death hath no power. Let's see what the adoption is. And he says, I reckon that the sufferings, well, we have to suffer with him, not just as Jesus in the days of his flesh in his humiliation, when he humbled himself and took on a body of flesh and blood, became a servant. And we know the servant is Jesus, the father of glory. We see that in Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See, now that I am God, Jesus said, and beside me is no other God. I am the Lord, thy Savior, God, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You'll see that in Isaiah 43, 10, on through 17. And the devils know who he is. You're the Holy One of Israel. You're God manifest in the flesh. You're the Lord of glory. You're the Messiah. You're the Hamashiach. And we have to understand that we will be children of God, but not God. But we obtain it through the adoption, being baptized into that body. And he that has been baptized into Christ is put on Christ. But we are made partakers or joint heirs with Christ in his humiliation that he paid the price and glorified that human to the right hand of God for us, not for him, for he went on and was glorified with God's own self. John 17, 5. All power in heaven and earth given unto him. Matthew uh, 28, 18. He's a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and has come, the Almighty. Revelation 1.8, he's God, we're not, but we will be children of God, sons and daughters of God through the adoption. And he goes on, if we're called to suffer with him, we're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. He's our example. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. Well, then how will we be made perfect? Well, tribulation worketh patience, patience worketh experience, Experience worketh hope, hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So there, by sufferings in the flesh, we see in 1 Peter 4, 1, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, that's in his humiliation, that we are to have the same mind. Be therefore likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's the reason why we mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Holy Ghost fire. And it goes on that if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him, we'll be a joint heir, equal heir with Christ. But not spirit, the man. And we're going to see that in the days of his flesh in John 17. As we see the adoption here, he says, then if it be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's still there, still waiting for it. For the creature, all creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Stand therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
What is that? The Lord is that spirit. We have to understand Jesus is the Lord. He is that spirit. He's God. He's the Father. We all with open face beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. How? Through the spirit of God, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Not because we become spirit, but because uh, that we made sufferings uh, and joint heirs with Christ through the sufferings that we do, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. There, it says, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Presently, Paul said. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, that is, adoption of the Spirit, of the sons of God, adoption of children through the Spirit of God. Waiting for that adoption. What is that? What is the adoption? We're not made spirit. We're not God. We're not going to be God. But we will be sons and daughters of God. We will be little G-O-D-S. Gods are judges. Which is the small case Elohim. That's the highest that we will obtain through faith and obedience unto charity, unto holiness. What is this adoption to wit, which is the redemption of our body, our vile body, fashioned like unto his glorious body? How much glory do we receive? Do we come to the place where we're God? Or, as Jesus prayed in John 17, he stated the truth of the glory that we will receive. In his prayer, he lets and reveal to us that prayer. He's going to the cross, and he says, Sanctify, talking to the Father, because in the days of his flesh, the law is still there, separating as a wall of partition between the body of flesh that Jesus is, that's made himself of no reputation, the wall still there because the law, the ordinance of that law, have not been nailed to his cross yet. And even though he is that spirit, the spirit is still separated from that flesh through the law because he's fulfilling the law in his own humiliation, taking on a body of flesh and blood. God himself, God manifests in flesh. But until he dies and sheds his, bloods on, his blood on the cross, tasting death for every man, the law is still there. So therefore, as long as that law is still there, as he is our fellow and there as our kinsman redeemer, he prays to the Father, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. For our redemption, our salvation, justification, sanctification, and ultimate glorification. He's doing it all. Jesus is. In the days of his flesh. So he's working salvation in and of himself alone. Now, still in the days of his flesh, he prays this prayer. And he says... Uh, I have given them thy word, Father, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. He's praying, interceding for us, the body of Christ. They are not of the world, even, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, Thy word is truth. We have to be sanctified. As thou hast sent me into the world, the word, which is the Father, the Holy Ghost, same spirit, made flesh in the days of his flesh as the only begotten Son of God. That's the Yaquid, the solitary, unique, only Son of God, never built will be another that God has added to himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself even to the death of the cross. 
We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am that servant. I am that man. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me, not even the body of Christ. We will be adopted sons and daughters of God, but we will not be God. Jesus is that Yaquid, the only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten Yaquid, the only begotten One. That's the revelation of the real Jesus, the Word made flesh. And we behold His glory. The glory is the only begotten of God, the only begotten Son of God, is the monogamous Huos, the only begotten God, the monogamous Theos. He is the Yaquid, the only begotten One the sole, solitary, unique one of God. God manifest. The Father revealed. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, the Yaquid, the only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten One. He hath declared Him. Why? He's in the bosom of the Father and always is and has been. He is that Spirit. And thou hast sent me into the world. There's the Word even as I have also sent them into the world. Those that have his word, born again through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of their sins, born of the water, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit, and then becoming a new creature, sons of God being led of the Spirit of God in obedience. And for their sakes I sanctify myself. Why? For their sakes, not for me. I'm a, he's always been God and always will be. But I do it for their sake. That they also might be sanctified through the truth. Jesus is that spirit of truth. Notice that Jesus states in there. He said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter. He's talking about in the days of his flesh. When he's in a humiliated form, making himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men being found in fashion as a man. God found in fashion as a man, humble himself. And he says there to his disciples, I pray the Father send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, he's with you, and shall be in you. Future tense, I will be in you. How? Because a man's going to be glorified with the Spirit of God being glorified with the Father's own self, and then that Spirit of His Son, the unique, solitary Son of God, will be sent unto us, crying, Abba, Father, into our hearts, into our spirits, crying, Abba, Father. So what does He say? He said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which will believe on me through their word. It's through the word of God. They kept my word, they'll keep your word. That they all may be one. Now the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1. That they all may be one as thou, Father. Remember, he's in his humiliated state. The wall of partition still there, the law, until he breaks down that law and taking the ordinances of it, nailing it to his cross, it's still a separation, even though he is the Father, manifest in flesh. He will not be one with the Father until he has taken the, the ordinances of that law, nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition, the law, thereby making peace, making one new man, the man Christ Jesus, there in his glorification, making the way, the truth, and life for us to be redeemed, to redeem us that we're under that law because he fulfilled it. Now we're under grace. We're not under the law, we're under grace. And he said that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me. Well, Jesus had the Spirit of God without measure. If anyone had the Spirit of God without measure, they'd be God. We don't have the Spirit of God without measure. We have a metron of faith, a measure of faith. 
The whole body of Christ has received the fullness. But Jesus is that spirit. He is the Lord. He is God. He is the Father. And he says, in the days of his flesh, as you are in me and I in you. And Jesus stated, the words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walking the captive, going free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Jesus goes on and says that they also may be one in us. That's two offices, not persons. The office, Jesus is the Father. That's an office. He is that spirit. And the Son of God in the days of his flesh, that is the Father revealed. Not the Son of God revealed in flesh. It's the Father revealed in flesh, which is the Son of God, who has two components. He is the Father of glory, manifest in a body of flesh and blood. There are your two components. The Son of God is the Father revealed that the world may believe that thou, God, that Father, has sent me the word that was made flesh to give us the way, the truth, and life as our kinsman and redeemer. Now we focus on the glory. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. That is in the days of Jesus' flesh, that they may be one even as we are one. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. We're not that spirit, but we're joined to it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're not Christ, but Christ is in us. And we got that and received that through baptism. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. How were you crucified, Paul? Well, Adonai said to him, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise, be baptized washing away your sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, how did we receive that? By baptism. That's affiliation. That's where we become sons of God. Through baptism in his name, taken at what? There, the body of the sins of flesh destroyed by baptism. That's born of the water. And receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Then, he said, even as we are one, then the days of his flesh, not in his glory, not after Jesus has sat down with the Father in his throne, glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5, being made the quickening spirit, he alone is set down with the Father in his throne. You'll see that, that Jesus, the blessed and only potentate, the only potentate, never will be another, the only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, who only hath immortality. Somebody said, we have immortality. No, you don't. He is the immortality. We're partaker of it, but he is who only has immortality. Dwelling in the light, which no man, not me, you, right? Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, Paul, no one. No other man has entered into nor can see in the throne, in that power, is sat down with the Father in the throne. Who only hath immortality? Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. No man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Jesus alone is God. There's not another. We will never be God. We will be sons and daughters of God through obedience by faith, obtaining that through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And then... Still, then we'll follow the Lamb wheresoever He goes. We're servants unto God, even in glorification. We will always be, always be children of God. And He says, I and them. That's Christ in us, the Spirit, Him being glorified with the Father's own self, there sent forth that Spirit the Holy Ghost, Christ, Jesus in us, the Father of glory in us. That's the reason we say we have one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, 
who's above all, Father of us all and in us all, the Father. That's the Spirit of the Son, Galatians 4, 6. Into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father, one and the same, Spirit, one Spirit. I and them and thou in me. You can't separate the Father from the Son and his glorification is one and the same. That's the reason why it says in Hebrews, the first chapter, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with all of gladness above thy fellows. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God. The Son of God is God. Hebrews 1.8. And to the Son, the Father said, when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, thy throne, to the Son, the Son of God, he saith, thy throne, O God. Not God Jr., not second person of the Godhead, God himself. And that is the revelation of Jesus, that he is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, he is the Lord. Alpha and Omega, beginning and is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. Well, we're made one with him through the Spirit of God. Well, where's the glory? The glory is not ours. It's Christ in us. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Not me, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith. It's by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What is the faith? The faith is what God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith. Whatever he called you for, he gave you that anointing to accomplish it. Then the will of God in doing his will, his pleasure for your life. And if we do not do the will of God, we will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's just that simple. And that's the reason he said, not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God. And many will profess unto Jesus in that day. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name, prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name. Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What lawlessness? You didn't follow the leading of the Spirit of God, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. We must do the will of God. And we do it not through our own or anything of our own works, but through the Christ that's in us. And not, Paul said, the life I now live, I live by the faith, that faith that he gave me, not, not me, but the predetermined will of God in his sovereign will, giving it to each and every one accordingly to the call and the purpose of God that he has set in the body. Fitly frame it together and compact it together, whichever joint supplies, to the edifying itself love according to the measure of every part, the measure of faith, according to God in his uh, predetermined counsel, what he has predetermined in his foreknowledge. Everything is according to the foreknowledge of God. He knows all things from the beginning to the end. And whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He wants to get us there. And those that he, that he predestined, them he called, them he called, he justified, them he justified, he also glorified, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not to be Jesus Christ, but to the image of Jesus Christ as sons and daughters, as the perfect, spotless, blameless church without spot, without blemish presented unto him. A glorious church. And he says there that they may be one even as we are one. He's talking in the days of his flesh. We will be one like Jesus. They're glorified in his humiliation. And the highest we will come is at the right hand of God. That's what he said for us. What he did toward us, the body of Christ. Ephesians 1. He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. What he wrought to us were the body of Christ. Where did you go, Jesus? You see that in Revelation 3.21. He said, those that overcome, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? That's through faith and obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, 
coming unto charity, the bond of perfectness, and sit with me in my throne. That's the place that I have for you. Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, forever settled, state of glory, always has been, always will be, down with my Father in his throne. One and the same Spirit. We'll never sit down with the Father in the throne, being the Spirit of God, because he's the only begotten Son of God, the unique, that is, uh, the Yaquid, the only begotten Son of God, the only begotten God, the only begotten one. There'll never be another. So when Jesus said uh, that we will be in the likeness, the sons of God, uh, when we see him, we shall be as he is, is what he did for us, sitting at the on SIT at the right hand of God, not for him, but for us. He is that spirit. We're not. And we never will be. And that's where he says, I am them and thou me that they may be made perfect in one, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's the office of the Father and the Son of God, which were bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, to get us that to the Father, the eternal, invisible Spirit of God. Then cometh the end, the final epoch of it all, 1 Corinthians 15. When he, the Son of Man, he shall deliver up the kingdom to God, even the Father, as at the day of the Lord, that he may be all through all and in us all. That's the final glory. And then we will all be subject still unto the Father, unto Jesus himself. Because the Son of God and all that's in him, in that kingdom, which is all members in the body of Christ, will have an everlasting kingdom of which that dominion, there will be no end. But we will still be subject to him, the Father of glory, Jesus. And when we understand that, we will not presume to think that we will be the Spirit of God. We'll be sons and daughters of God. Well, I hope this has helped. If you have any questions, please let us know. Uh, contact us. Uh, the information's on the screen. We'd love to hear from you. The Holy Ghost bears with you, your spirit uh, that this is the Word of God. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to work together with you. And uh, let us know that you're here. We have many uh, downloads, uh, I think 16,000 now. Uh, been there a, a little over a year now on the podcast. Let us hear from you. We need to know that you're listening, you're out there, and we want to work together one with you as God preparing his body for the work of the ministry. The greatest move of God this side of glory before the second advent in the work of the ministry. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.